6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Arab Shabbos Zachar. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Well, it's the end. It's been a good life, but it's the end. Where is my son Simo that came to see me from California? Hello, Papa. Goodbye, Simo. Simo, my son, it's the end. Don't say that, Papa. It's not the end. Even at the end, my own son is telling me what to say. Simo, my boy, believe me, it's the end. All right, Papa, I believe you. It's the end. Simo, I liked it better when you were arguing with me. Papa, is there anything I can get for you? Yes. One thing before I go. I would like one piece of Mama's delicious apple strudel. It's my last wish. I'll get it for you, Papa. What else could a man want but the taste of Mama's apple strudel on his lips when he goes? I'm a lucky man. I'm back, Papa. Oh, good. The apple strudel. No, Papa. I didn't get it. Mama says you can't have any. What do you mean? Can't have any. She said the strudel is for after the funeral. One of the best of all of our comedy segments during the Purim season here at JM in the AM. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny, but it's hilarious. Uh, Friday morning on this March 10th, happy birthday. Oh, and the 12th of Adar. Happy uh, secular and Jewish birthday to Chava Siegel. Happy uh, birthday to Yosef Siegel. Happy birthday to Yoshua Siegel. Happy birthday to Dr. Mark. Happy anniversary to... Uh, then I see in the Rabbanit, Arlene and Ephraim Arf, and um, anybody else who's celebrating on these dates of March the 10th and the 12th of Adar. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Titzavet, it's Erev Shabbos Zachor, candlelighting at 5.38 in the New York area. It'll be the last time for a while that candlelighting is this early. Next week, it'll be close to 7 o'clock in our area. No joke. Wow. Next week will be close to 7 p.m. Woo! Um, Purim is tomorrow night. That's right. Purim is tomorrow night. Saturday night and Sunday in Yerushalayim. Sunday night and Monday. Uh, but for us, Saturday night and Sunday. And um, what can I tell you? We're all getting ready for the big holiday. Hope it'll be an enjoyable, wonderful, joyous holiday for everybody out there. Um, and that... Uh, you get to spend it with family and friends and have an amazing time. What can I tell you? That's what it's all about. Uh, from Beats 2.0, you heard that medley. Avrami Flam with Vanahapo, who off greatest Purim hits. Eighth day, brand new with Kapayim. Odi Shama, that was Derech Achim. A song introduced to me by uh, Miriam L. Wallach. And I thank her. It's quite a song. Ivri Anochi, that's Benny Friedman. Your Achmiel Begun Miami Boys Choir had Al Hanisim. 
And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday, 42 degrees here in the New York area. Some rain and snow today with a high of 41, basically where we are now. Partly cloudy tonight, very cold, going down to 20. And then partly cloudy for Shabbos with a high only 31 degrees. Yushalayim 61, from what I hear, the streets are filled, the buses are filled with people getting ready for a holiday of Purim, with posters everywhere, people dressed up in costumes on Erev Shabbos Zachar. Lots going on in Yerushalayim and other areas of Israel, as you would suspect, uh, as we get closer and closer to the holiday of Purim. We're 42 degrees here in New York City. As we say good morning at um, at JM and the AM. Don't forget to change the clock tomorrow night. That's right. The fast day was on the old time, which was quite helpful. Hope your fast was fast yesterday. And now we get to uh, enjoy Purim with more daylight. You can even start your Suda later if you want. Uh, because we changed the clock tomorrow night. Sunday, 1 a.m. will become 2 a.m. All right, so keep that in mind for Sunday morning when you're waking up to hear the Megillah and getting ready for a great Purim day. So daylight savings time will have begun. By the way, daylight savings time in Israel, the 24th of March. They'll change the 24th of March, which means starting Sunday morning for a couple of weeks, It'll be a six-hour time difference. Again, starting Sunday morning for a couple of weeks, it'll be a six-hour time difference until Israel changes its clock and moves it forward. Uh, Malcolm Holine will join us. Weekly update just over an hour from now as we analyze the events of the week. Rabbi Yudin, of course, with the Torah portion and uh, plenty more on this uh, Friday morning, as you would suspect. An amazing Erev Shabbos music mix coming at you all day long. Brand new edition of Table for Two with Naomi Nachman coming up at 9 a.m. right after JM in the a.m. Live lunch, Friday live lunch with Mark Zamek, smack in the middle of the day at 12 noon. A lot of great things. You want to keep it on the network all day long today. You want to keep it on the network the moment you get back from Megillah tomorrow night all the way through your Purim Suda because there'll be so much great Purim programming, so much great Purim music. I am sure Matis who's going to be live Purim morning between 7 and 9 a.m., is going to have a spectacular show. So you have a lot of great material coming up, a lot of wonderful programming. Make sure you are tuned in and um, and locked in to the Nahum Siegel Network. Plenty more coming up, including Schlock Rock, right here at JM in the AM. I need Purim, I need Purim, Sameach, Umbadeach.
a wicked, wicked man, and Haman was his name, sir. Destroy the Jews, that was his plan, though they were not to blame, sir. Oh, today will merry, merry be. Oh, today will merry, merry be. Oh, today will merry, merry be, and not some hum and tashin. Now Esther was the lovely queen of King Ahasuerus. When Haman said, "We'll treat you mean," oh my, how did that scare us? Oh, today we'll merry, merry be. Oh, today we'll merry, merry be. Oh, today we'll merry, merry be, and not some hum and caution. Cousin Bold said, "Esther, I must fetch her to save us all. She must be told, be a loyal royal creature. Oh, today will merry merry be. Oh, today will merry merry be. Oh, today will merry merry be, and not some hum and caution." What did bring of Haman's plot made mention? Ha ha! Said he, No, I'm the king. I'll spoil his bad intention. Oh, today will merry merry be. Oh, today will merry merry be. Oh, today will merry merry be, and not some hum and caution. And high above us, from his tree, he'll be swinging at our party. Oh, today will merry merry be. Oh, today will merry merry be. Oh, today will merry merry be, and us some hum and caution. His family was so depressed. For they did not insure him, but we are happy. We've been blessed with a jolly day of Purim. Oh, today will merry merry be. Oh, today will merry merry be. Oh, today will merry merry be, and us some hum and caution. Oh, today will merry merry be. Oh, today will merry merry be.
Private Goldberg reporting, sir. Yes, Private. What is it? Oh, Major, it's like this. I heard you needed a person for a mission impossible, and here I am. <laughs> oh, good boy, Goldberg. This is a dangerous and top-secret assignment. Now, first, you'll take a jet. You'll fly at 30,000 feet, and then you'll parachute out over enemy territory. I'll take a jet, and I'll fly it at 30,000 feet, and I'll parachute out. Major... Don't worry about a thing. It wouldn't happen. 
I'm afraid of heights. Hmm, well, I suppose we can get you there by boat. Now, when you get to the enemy campsite, you'll steal one of their camels and ride due east 41 miles to the bridge. Let us review. When I get to the enemy campsite, I'll steal a camel and ride him due east 41 miles to the bridge. Major, don't worry about a thing. It'll never take place. I'm frightened of animals. All right, Goldberg. Uh, you'll walk to the bridge. Now, when you get there, you'll take the hundred pounds of high-explosive TNT, you'll tie it on your back, then you'll tie yourself to one of the main beams under the bridge, and when the enemy tanks are crossing, you'll blow up the bridge. Aha! Now, that's a plan. I'll tie the hundred pounds of TNT on my back, then I'll tie myself to the bridge, and when the tanks come, boom! Don't you worry, Major. And I'm not going to worry either. Because I'm not going to do it. From the boom alone, I get such a migraine. But, but I, I just don't understand you. You're afraid to fly. You're frightened of animals. You're terrified of high explosives. Why did you come in here in response to my request for a volunteer? Major, I came to tell you that on me, you shouldn't depend. in the a.m. Oh, yes. Another great comedy segment. Friday morning on this era of Shabbos, candlelighting New York, 538. 538 on this era of Shabbos, Zachor. I thank you for tuning in and being part of our radio experience. A lot of people are going to make sure to head to shul tomorrow, more than usual because of Shabbos, Zachor and Parsha, Zachor. Uh, in the New York area, it's going to be pretty cold. Low tonight, 20. Tomorrow, the high of 31. The day they're talking about the weather is Tuesday. Apparently, eight inches of snow getting into this area on Tuesday. Obviously, everyone will watch that closely in this area of the world. Uh, Malcolm Holmline joins us less than an hour from now for the weekly update. We'll speak about all the uh, different things happening regarding Israel and the Jewish world this week. We'll do that coming up. By the way, we're uh, wishing a lot of happy birthdays today including to Chava Siegel, Yosef Siegel, and Yoshua Siegel. I'm told that Shelby Rosenberg is celebrating a birthday today. Basketball, YU basketball legend Shelby Rosenberg celebrating a birthday today. So we say Mazal Tov to him from all of us, and Mazal Tov to him and his wife. They just got married this past Sunday. Uh, Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Then I head to the app, and I see we have another birthday wish. Chaya Goldish, Chaya Goldish, a very happy birthday to you um, from all of us here at uh, JM in the AM. Lots going on, a lot of great comments on the app this morning. People want to hear Eighth Day, their brand new album is amazing. Listener Devora, who I believe is in Israel, and I thank her. Uh, listener Devorah tells us that uh, in Israel, as I alluded to earlier, Israel is filled with children in costumes. Today is Yom Tachposhet. Is that the right word? Is that the right pronunciation for costume day for all the schools in Israel? Purim is in the air. It certainly is. It begins tomorrow night, and Yerushalayim begins Sunday night. And we are ready for an amazing Purim. I hope everybody out there enjoys and has a fabulous Purim. Don't forget to um, keep our network on all through Purim. It's an amazing Purim soundtrack, our network. Really an amazing Purim soundtrack. 
Uh, Mark Zamek, our music director, has put together just an incredible lineup of music to get you through the day and to uh, allow you to blare it through your home, to have it accompany you as you're driving around with Mishloch Manos, uh, to, be a, uh, to be in the background as you are enjoying your Purim Suda. So many wonderful things that are going on uh, every, uh, every Purim that everyone's involved with. It's sometimes hard to, to have the right background music, the right soundtrack. Well, this year you could do it all because of uh, our incredible Nahum Siegel Network stream and all the great Purim music. Last year Purim was on a Thursday, right? Yeah, last year Purim was on a Thursday. This year it's on a Sunday, so for us in this area, it's uh, even a little easier to set aside time to celebrate the holiday. So uh, let us hope that uh, everyone enjoys to the maximum. Um, this is brand new Lave to Heart to wrap up the hour at JM in the AM. is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com on the NahumSiegel Network and of course on our beloved NSN app.
That's Leif Tahar, brand new. L'chad off of Leif Tahar, volume number five. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. We've got our Galait Sal in the background. Remember, we changed the clock tomorrow night. We changed the clock tomorrow night. Which means that um, we jump ahead one hour to daylight savings time. It'll be a six-hour difference with Israel starting on Sunday morning for at least a couple of weeks, or almost a couple of weeks. Galait Sal, Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast for Friday is next. Boker Tov from Janine. גלייצאל השעה שתיים, כאן שני בירנבוים, עם מה שקורה עכשיו. מוסיף להיות קשה מאוד מצבם של שני אחים בן חמש ובת שש מלוד ששער קרס עליהם. בתוך כך בבית החולים מדווחים על שיפור במצב הילד בן הארבע ששתה בטעות טרפנטין. כתבתנו טל זרביב. הילד מרמלה פונה הלילה למרכז הרפואי אסף הרופא כשהוא מורדם ומונשם לאחר ששתה בטעות טרפנטין שאביו אפסן בבקבוק שתייה מפלסטיק. כעת מצבו מתייצב ומשתפר והוא מוגדר בינוני. בבית החולים מציינים כי לקראת חג הפסח חשוב להיזהר במיוחד ולהרחיק מהילדים את חומרי הניקיון הרעילים. הולכת רגל בת 62 נפצעה בינוני מפגיעת כלי רכב ברחובות. צוות של מגן דוד אדום פינה אותה לבית החולים קפלן כשהיא סובלת מחבלה בגפיים. עיריית ירושלים טלטה לפני שעה קלת סף סגירה על דלתות בר המפלצת הפועל בשבת בשכונת קריית יובל בירושלים. כתבתנו מיכל שין מוסרת כי קבוצת מפגינים מוחה כעת על הסגירה, ביניהם חבר מועצת העיר מסיעת ירושלמים, איתי גוטלר. סגירת פאב המפלצת היא יריקה בפנים של ציבור התושבים והתושבות של קריית יובל. זהו מקום שעונה על צורך תרבותי מאוד חשוב לציבור הפלורליסטי. ראש העיר טעה פה. ונכנע ללחצים של חברי המועצה החרדים ואני קורא לו לחזור בו מיידית מהעניין הזה ולהחזיר את המקום לקדמותו. בטורקיה חמישה בני אדם נהרגו בהתרסקות מסוק, כתבתנו קרן בן מרדכי. על פי דיווחים המסוק התרסק על כביש ראשי בפאתי איסטנבול לאחר שככל הנראה התנגש במגדל טלוויזיה בעקבות ערפל כבד באזור. במסוק שהמרים מנמל התעופה אטאטורק היו שבעה בני אדם בהם אנשי עסקים. מתוכם ארבעה רוסים, בכיר טורקי ושני הטייסים. שברי המסוק התפזרו על הכביש ובשדה סמוך ועשן סמיך התעמר מעל האזור. בעקבות המשבר הדיפלומטי בין מלזיה לקוריאה הצפונית נדחה משחק כדורגל בין המדינות. כתבנו מיכאל האוזרטוב. המשחק במסגרת מוקדמות גביע אסיה בין מלזיה לקוריאה הצפונית שאמור היה להיערך ב-28 במרס בפיונגיאנג נדחה, כך הודיעה ההתאחדות לכדורגל של אסיה. הדחייה התבצעה בעקבות בקשותיה של מלזיה אשר מאשימה את פיונגיאנג בחיסולו של קים ג'ונג נאם, אחיו החורג של שליט קוריאה הצפונית, בנמל התעופה בקואלה לומפור. מזג האוויר לסוף השבוע, ירידה ניכרת בטמפרטורות עם סיכוי לגשם מקומי קל במרכז. ולסיום, אלפים משתתפים בתהלוכות פורים ברחבי הארץ. כתבנו יותם לביא שמע חוגגים במסיבת הרחוב בתל אביב. התחפשתי למעודדת של ביתר ירושלים. מאולפן גלגלצ נמסר על עומסים במרכזי הערים נהריה, חיפה, תל אביב, מודיעין, באר שבע ודימונה. לעוד עדכונים חפשו גלצ בטוויטר. אלה החדשות שעורך ניתאי ענבי, בצוות הילה פרץ ועדי קורדבני.
virtual party with Haman attending. Meanwhile, Haman makes a 50-foot tree intended for Mordechai. At that first party, Esther invites Akashverosh and Haman to a second party. This time, Esther tells Akashverosh of a plot to kill her people. Akashverosh asks, who is this wicked person who wants to kill the Jews? Esther answers, it is Haman, and he is standing right there. Later, Haman is hung on the same tree meant for Mordechai. As 1987, Schlagrock sings all about Purim in the song called...
I was, I was sleeping in the barracks when I was awakened by this mysterious noise. Huh? So I crept out. I find 4,000 of the enemy surrounding the camp. I see. So I snug up behind them and I gave them my hands up. Gung Ho Goldstein. Yes. 
That's so. I tied them all up and I marched them 50 miles down the road to the PW camp. And then what? And then I went back and I drove the 42 tanks they had with them to the motor pool and I repainted them. He painted them? Yes. Blue and white. <laughs> then I went back to the barracks and took a nice warm bath and here I am. Uh-huh. And that took you a whole two hours? <laughs> <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. with our <laughs> with our very funny comedy segments in the month of Adar. Friday morning on this March 10th, the 12th of Adar. Good morning, everybody. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Ditzava. It's Erev Shabbos Zachar. Glad you've joined us on this almost Purim. Purim is tomorrow night. Uh, Matis, I am sure, is going to have a spectacular show Sunday morning starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, we have an incredible a network day planned for Sunday. You can just leave our network on all day long and enjoy the incredible pour of music. Uh, and we recommend you do that. It would just, I'm telling you, you have nothing to worry about. You'll have an incredible soundtrack to your Purim day and your Purim Suda if you just uh, leave it to us. Um, the Rabbi Sons had La Yehudim. You heard uh, Shoshana Yaakov from Dance Purim. Achashverosh came from Schlockrock, of course. Here at uh, JM and the AM. And I want to remind you about a couple of things. First of all, on Monday, we're going to be drawing the winner of the NCSY Summer Raffle. On Monday, Shushan Purim, uh, we're going to be drawing the winner of the raffle. You could win a uh, the tickets for two to Israel. You could win a $500 Visa gift card. You could win a free NCSY Summer Program of your choice or $5,000. Here's how you purchase a ticket for Monday's drawing. Again, we're going to be drawing this Shushan Purim Monday on the air here at JM in the AM. You go to summer.ncsy.org. Summer.ncsy.org. And um, when you get there, it's summer.ncsy.org slash Purim Raffle. Summer.ncsy.org slash Purim Raffle. That is how you... Um, join in and become part of that uh, raffle for Sunday uh, for Monday Monday we'll be drawing that on Monday all right so keep that in mind I also wanted to remind everybody oh so many things to remind everybody about um, well as soon as I find it I'll remind you about it how's that that's a good deal Oh, here we go. I wanted to remind everybody that Mordechai Shapiro is going to be doing the Purim Chagiga tomorrow night. Sterling Place in Teaneck at Heichel HaTorah, and you're all invited. 201-335-0633 for information. 201-335-0633. That's going to be um, Mordechai Shapiro tomorrow night in Teaneck, New Jersey. 17 minutes after the hour, Malcolm Honeline is coming up. We'll do our weekly update. Uh, I want to thank those who are commenting on our app. Uh, someone's asking us to talk Israel baseball. We've been talking Israel baseball. We had Jordy Alter on yesterday. Um, we used him as the conduit to congratulate the Israel team, Israel, the Israel baseball team, for doing so well so far, undefeated in the World Baseball Classic. The next game is tomorrow night on Purim. It'll be Purim Day in Japan. That's where the second round is in Japan for Israel. And it'll be Purim Day in Japan. And uh, for us, it'll be 10 p.m. Eastern time, old time. 10 p.m. Eastern Time, because we do change the clock tomorrow night, remember. 10 p.m. Eastern Time tomorrow night, that's when Israel goes up. It looks like, if I'm reading this correctly, the game's going to be against Cuba tomorrow night. 
if I'm reading it correctly, but uh, we'll wait till it becomes official. So round two, the first game, tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Good luck, Team Israel. I'm looking forward to wearing my Team Israel jersey on Purim Day. It was an amazing and incredible night in September during the qualifying round when I got to throw out the first pitch at the Team Israel qualifying game. And look where they are now. My gosh, I'd love to take credit for bringing them all this incredible luck and talent, but I guess that's impossible to do. (laughs) Anyway... That's the story with the Team Israel. We wish them the best of luck as we continue to follow their incredible run in the World Baseball Classic. More coming up. Happy Purim from JM and the AM.
assemble. That completes our tour of the camp. And if you like, I'll walk you back to the headquarters building. Oh, yes, thank you, General Berkowitz. You know, it certainly has been a very fulfilling experience here visiting with your troops. I'm, I'm certain my readers will be as impressed as I am with the discipline and precision with which this camp is run, especially since it's an army made up basically of civilians. Thank you, Mr. Campbell. It's always a pleasure showing a member of the press around. Yeah, well, oh, General, uh, excuse me, I, I guess you didn't notice that guard. The, the private we just walked past didn't salute you. He didn't what? He didn't salute me? <laughs> no, General, he, he didn't. Well, we'll see about that. Soldier, is it true that when I just passed you, that you didn't salute me? That's right, I didn't salute you. What's the matter, Mendel? You're mad at me. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M., one of our great uh, comedy segments as we get closer and closer to Purim. Candle lighting at 538 in the New York area on this era of Shabbos Zachar. A lot of people are going to shul tomorrow more than usual because it is Shabbos Zachar. Uh, look for a cold Shabbos in this area. 20 the low tonight, 31 the high tomorrow. And, of course, Purim tomorrow night and Yerushalayim Purim Sunday night. Don't forget to change the clock. We go to daylight savings time tomorrow, which means that there'll be a six-hour difference with Israel for just under two weeks. There'll be a six-hour difference between the New York uh, Eastern time zone and Israel. Keep that in mind. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We've gotten, let's see, our most recent app comments. Uh, Feeling Purim from Montreal. Thank you, Tina, for that. Uh, Purim Sameach from San Antonio, Texas. Thank you very much, Yitzchak, for that. And uh, comments, as I said earlier, about the uh, the Team Israel uh, march through the World Baseball Classic. The next game will be tomorrow night. Actually, it's Sunday morning, Purim. But for us, it'll be tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Eastern time on the old time for the next time that Israel goes up um, in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, the way it looks now, I think they're going to be playing Cuba, if I understand the format correctly. Japan is is beating China terribly right now. I think it's 7-1 to one in the eighth inning. So I think that's how it's going to work, but um, we'll we'll know for sure very soon, as the uh, as the format, or I should say, as the brackets will be established um, a 100 uh, percent at some point in the I don't know the next hour or so. 42 degrees, some rain, some snow, possibly today with a high of 41. More coming up, including Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us. For the weekly update, about 10 minutes from now, if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
story about her? Certainly. <laughs> What's the ugly story? I don't know. I thought you knew. I don't know. I thought you knew. But believe me, it's true. <laughs> Mrs. Feldman, you look wonderful. That's a beautiful tan. Were you away? Yeah, we went to Aruba. Aruba? Where's that? I don't know. We flew. <laughs> That's nice. Say, I have good news, darling. Sydney and I are going to Europe. Europe? Big deal. I was born there. <laughs> Listen, I hear your husband had some problems with his business. Uh, I hear that a crooked partner stole him blind. That your husband had to fire the account and raise some fresh money. It's true. On top of that, I heard uh, he had a terrible season. A flood, a fire... The employees were not on striking him. Mm, that's true. Yeah, but I understand he got a new partner with a lot of money. He settled the strike and he collected the fire insurance. Uh, business is wonderful and terrific, huh? Then you heard about it, Mrs. Feldman. Yeah. But this is the first time I'm hearing all the details. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of our great odd dark comedy segments here at JM in the AM. Friday morning on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Titzava. It's Erev Shabbos Zachar. Candlelighting New York area, it will be uh, 5.38, 5.38 candlelighting Purim, of course, tomorrow night. In Yerushalayim, Purim is a Sunday night. <clears throat> want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com, who continue to enthusiastically recommend the Nahum Single Network to their hundreds of thousands of readers. If you want, uh, oh, I don't know, thousands of articles to print out regarding Israel and the Jewish world before uh, Shabbos. You go to jewishworldreview.com and you can do just that. Also want to thank our friends at onlysimchas.com. Onlysimchas.com has gone way beyond simchas. They now have an amazing news feed with a lot of great news from around the Jewish world and a lot of news in general from around the Jewish world. And They're utilizing a lot of our content 
to bring it to their readers, and we thank them. Go to OnlySimchas.com, and uh, they wish you, of course, a very happy Purim. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update on this Friday morning. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Uh, it's good to be with you, especially on this special Shabbos and weekend. Oh, no question about that. You're obviously referring to the big Purim miracle of Israel in the World Baseball Classic, I would guess, right? That's one point. <laughs> <laughs> but I know this must be your favorite juntus, so I figure this is... Well, it's certainly up there. <laughs> I, I think I've declared that Yom Kippur actually is my favorite juntus. So this is like Yom Kippurim, right? They're very related Purim and the Yom Kippur, so... I guess that qualifies, but uh, but yes, let's 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 acknowledge this incredible time of year and how celebratory it is and how wonderful it is for the Jewish people. Hopefully, this month of Adar will continue to be a great month for everybody, and we wish a very very big Mazal Tov and congratulations to Team Israel in the World Baseball Classic. Isn't it funny? You you've discussed with us, by the way, on a serious note, how important sports and other cultural activities are. When it comes to uh, international relations, when it comes to the political scene, isn't it incredible how impressions of a country can change, whether they have a good team or bad team in a tournament? Yeah, and tournaments sometimes are political negotiations, or they can be a session at the U.N., right. but, the, yeah, the team they have often makes a big difference. It really is unbelievable. Anyway, continue to wish them good luck. All right, uh, you came out with a statement, and there's uh, no doubt that it's certainly a... Uh, uh, probably the major topic in terms of um, what continues to dominate the news, and that is the uh, anti-Semitic episodes. He's really hit home in this area because of this past weekend, what happened in the cemetery in Brooklyn, and yesterday the evacuation of the Jewish Children's Museum in Crown Heights. I'm referring, of course, to the uh, to the efforts to protect Jewish communal institutions. And you and the uh, members of the conference and the leadership of the Conference of Presidents welcomed the unanimous United States Senate letter to uh, the Justice Department. This was 100 senators behind the effort for more federal help, right? Absolutely. And tell me when today you see 100 senators agree on anything. So I think that this is, uh, you know, it's an important declaration. And and it is a very important aspect of how you fight this is to show that this is beyond the pale, that this is not acceptable, that there's no excuses for it. And it means that everybody in the positions of influence, and it goes to your baseball teams as well, that sports figures and others who, who influence how young people act and who, and even if this is not committed by young people, but some of the copycatting is, and more importantly is that we have so much of this on campus today uh, under the guise of BDS, which is, I've said all along to you and, to, and on the show, that it's, it's a core anti-Semitic. Semitic, and I believe it's responsible for some of the escalation, right. clearly not all, mm-hmm. and it certainly uh, was exacerbated during the very heated uh, presidential election, and uh, I think it's ridiculous when people talk about President Trump as an anti-Semite or others as anti-Semites. We have to be very careful when you use the term, but this is a, 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 I called it a pandemic because it starts in Europe. It's like a virus that goes across borders, and that if you don't stop it, if you don't find the antidotes, if you don't really declare war on it, then it just keeps spreading and getting more severe and more immune to, to criticism and to, to the um, inoculations that, that one would have. So it means education, it means, and, and that is why the letter 
which you saw last week, the press conference we did it right after the show uh, with uh, Carolyn Maloney and others to to call on the Department of Education to adopt the definition of anti-Semitism. So there's a standard to which you can hold, especially universities, but also others. It, it has to be rooted out. You have to have a zero-tolerance policy. You don't exaggerate it. And I think, you know, we have to have uh, use um, our intelligence to know when to speak out, when not to speak out, how far do you go. Do you just invite copycatting? Do you... Um, it, it, the people who are responsible don't need excuses to do it. Right. Anti-Semites never needed excuses. But w- what we have to do is, and I think we've seen it, at the, certainly NYPD has done a great job, other police forces, and around the country, when you see how many non-Jews of all kinds came out to clean up cemeteries to respond to the attacks, uh, I think that's a very important statement to to counter all this. Yeah, no question about it. You use the word pandemic, and it's funny you use that word because I was thinking early this morning going through the news that y- you can't keep track of it anymore between the college campuses, between what's happening uh, with anti, um, anti-Israel anti movements, whether it's in England, seems to always be in England, uh, other European countries. Uh, it, it's a wave that just continues, and as you say, it's simply dressing up the anti-Semitic feelings that... Uh, uh, that uh, you know dominates so many areas uh, worldwide. But but Nahum, yesterday alone, or in 24 hours, um, the Spain's ruling party rejected BDS the, the uh, uh, at it, its uh, ordinary Congress, the Partido Popular, the People's Party, uh, that is the ruling party in Spain, approved amendments that explicitly rejected BDS. The same time, the Swiss National Council called for an end to government funding for NGOs and non-governmental bodies that um, uh, support BDS. And at the same time, you had the New York State Senate, and you had uh, other states now, again, considering uh, anti-BDS uh, uh, legislation. And Britain adopted anti-BDS uh, measures. So we are seeing, on the other hand, a, a clear response. And legislation is not uh, an end-all to things, but it is important because it gives a tool to people. And when political parties and others say this is beyond the pale, and when you have others who continue to say, well, I'm only for BDS against the West Bank, I'm only for BDS against the products from the West Bank, that that those lines and distinctions right. are not meaningful. And it's, you know, I, I don't want to get to your Purim message yet, <laughs> but, it, but, it's, it, but think about it. Think about it in the context of history. You have local, state, and national governments who are going out of their way to go ahead and, and, and declare that Jews have to be protected or that BDS movements won't be tolerated. And when you think about it in the context of history, especially with this weekend coming up, it, it's really, it can be baffling when you think about it. it. It is a change. And look what the Governor Cuomo did. He flew off to Israel for a day as the ultimate expression of solidarity and also allocated additional funds. The federal government is, there's measures now to double from 20 to $40 million, which is still a drop in the bucket for what is needed, funds for, you know, the camera security. We, we need to bump it up much more. Britain and France allocated huge sums of money to their communities to enhance security. I think, you know, I think institutions that we have prodded all along to deal with security are now doing so on our scanus.org website. People can go to it, scanus.org, especially those who, who work in schools or schools or other places where people gather. Uh, you know, that the threats may not seem 
serious because, thank God, none of them were actualized. But the impact is real, and it is already that people people are afraid to go to these places or to participate in communal events or register their kids for next year. These are real and concrete consequences without ever having to suffer a real attack so far. Yeah. So the and and the likelihood is that this will continue and the community gets on edge because of it. It it has a deleterious impact regardless. Yeah. And there was some skepticism you brought up the Cuomo trip. There was some skepticism, you know, running for president all that. I don't know. Like you just said, it seemed to me not only a sincere gesture, but an important one and one where he included so many different things in that one day he was there. I mean, it looked like he was really trying to make a statement and continue the solidarity between New York State and Israel. So, call a vote to him. Kudos. And, and he announced the, the commission, which right. I'm privileged to be one of the co-chairs, the New York State-Israel Commission, which is an ongoing effort and something that's been in the works for a long time. So, it had nothing to do with a presidential race, because I know how long he's discussed it and wanted to implement it. And I think that that you know, indicates there's something beyond it. If you want to make grants, then he could just as easily visited a number of local communities. And and I think when you see what the uh, Commissioner O'Neill, the police commissioner, the commitment that the departments make to this, and we know that others in New Jersey also undertook to, to provide additional assistance to communities. This is not... They relate, the, the reaction is not an isolated one. And even in the case of the individuals, when a woman takes sanitizer and a tissue to start scrubbing in a subway, and then one by one, everybody follows her until the whole car is engaged in, in that kind of an effort. And the stories everywhere around the country that we have heard about how, how much support, especially when you're in a JCC in a small Jewish community, where you don't have the support systems that we have in New York, there, that kind of reaction is really critical to their ability to function and to and their sense of security. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, so uh, David Friedman makes it through the committee yesterday. If I'm not mistaken, Senator Menendez is the only Democrat to have voted for him in committee. Is that correct? I believe so. I think it's, they said there was only one Democrat. Yeah. And I point that out because, I mean, look, you know, who am I to analyze what someone's political intentions are? But he did vote against the Iran deal, I believe, Senator Menendez, I'm almost sure. And yes, he did, absolutely. Right, and then this yesterday, I, I don't know, again, you know, it, it's more, I think it's more political than, than uh, you know, um, uh, than, than, you know, voting for, um, I think it's, I, I think people are basically voting along political lines when it comes to this appointment. Sure. Or, or this nomination. Oh, on every nomination right. and everything that comes exactly. up right now is divided. But still, but still, I think he's got to be recognized for uh, going out of the way yet on another occasion. And I'm assuming that, that when the full Senate vote comes, it'll, it'll like, likely be along party lines, right? One would figure? Yeah. One can anticipate that, but <laughs> right. getting out of committee means that I think the pretty sure that oh, it'll yeah. be approved. <laughs> I agree with that. It's just uh, interesting to see who lines up where. Uh, and how this appointment becomes a because you know, everyone it, 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 well, I'm, there's a word I'm trying to to, to find. <laughs> Every, everyone thinks it has to do with one's uh, um, uh, with one's opinion regarding Israel, but in reality, as we know or as we see, it, it just it's it's a political battle that you know the Republicans in this case happen to win. So you're right, and they they you know ideology. That's the word, ideology. People think it's an ideological battle. It's more just a political battle to see who wins. By and large.
Yes, by and large is right. Um, so in uh, in Israel, we we find out about the uh, BDS travel ban. This is a new law. Those who are uh, outspoken BDSers uh, are going to be banned from Israel, essentially, right? Those who lead uh, the BDS efforts. It's not just uh, some followers. I think it applies to those who are um, promoters of it. And well, I, I'm sure other countries act similarly to those who, who profess to boycott, who, who denounce Israel. You know, why, why are they coming to Israel? Why they come there just to create problems or to, to demonstrate? And on the other hand, it becomes a free speech issue, and you see the reaction that some academics and others said, well, we can't go to Israel anymore. Um, and it comes within the context of, of other moves that they are trying to portray this all as, as some sort of a right-wing as right-wing um, extremism. But, in fact, there is a, a legitimate issue about those who, who, who exploit these issues, those who are leading the boycott uh, efforts. And, uh, you know, that has to be done with, with Seichel and with uh, intelligence about how do, you, how do you promote this. All right. The bill, the law itself, um, can, can as, as I think you just described, can be misconstrued can certainly be misunderstood. Right. And Israel and, you know, th- those of us who always are hesitant to call for a clear boycott or a clear ban puts itself, I believe, in a, in, in a relatively precarious position right now with this new law. Uh, do you agree that, this is, that, that it might have been better to not actually have an official law like this on the books? It may be not to legislate it. You don't have to have a law for everything. You can. There are other ways of regulating, and it should be applied in extreme cases. Um, and the uh, so I agree, basically. <laughs> okay. And I, I say this in light of the fact that you and I often have agreed that we hesitate to boycott or ban others, especially since our people are often the subject of boycotts and bans. BDS itself, right. BDS itself is essentially a boycott and ban movement. So we are countering that movement, or Israel is in this case, governmentally, officially, with a boycott and ban. And I don't know if fighting fire with fire in this case is the best idea. And well, we're seeing by the reaction that uh, it's had some negative ramifications, but that too will pass. America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Holmline with us as Purim approaches. He is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. One of the things that... uh, Oh, by the way, before I leave the Israeli law thing, there is now... I, I think I saw this in the New York Times, actually. There's a loudspeaker rule that's being proposed... For, for, for those that have walked around cities in Israel and have sometimes been annoyed, I guess would be the right word, by the loud loudspeakers for calls to prayer, not in the Jewish tradition, uh, this could be, as much as some of us might, you know, might welcome this law, this could be a real political football, no? It is already, and uh, there already is a reaction. We had some mayors where they uh, ordered uh, the, the um, volume to be raised, and anybody especially in Jerusalem or other cities where there are mosques near the hotels and, and early morning calls to prayer at 5 o'clock, 5.30, even earlier, um, are, to say the least, annoying to people. Uh, 
but at the same time you have religious sensitivities uh, involved. So the measure was really just to regulate the volume. It wasn't to pre- prevent people from having the right to have the call to prayer and to have uh, um, and, and for it to be audible. It was a question of the volume, and then, but like everything else, becomes then a political football that they're trying to limit religious rights and religious freedoms and stuff. And I know that there were attempts made to try to do this without legislation in, in places, and uh, the reaction, as I said, was often the contrary, where they would just exacerbate the problem. Right. So this is this was an attempt just to set some uh, a level of of uh, how loud it could be, rather than to prevent it. Yeah, well, nonetheless, it's never interpreted that way, so we'll see what happens. That's right. Um, all right, I know I ask you this a lot. Um, another meeting this week between the Prime Minister of Israel and Vladimir Putin uh, happened yesterday. Um, essentially, I mean, the news reports say that the Prime Minister spent time speaking about the dangers of Iran, speaking about the uh, buildup that ISIS has or potentially could have in Syria, um, is there a way, and I know that this could be, you know, a, a book or two, uh, so it may not be easy to answer, you know, in one fell swoop, but is there a way to describe this relationship now between Israel and Russia, between Netanyahu and Putin? Are they allies? Are they, are they, you know, are they holding each other, you know, at, at, at arm's length while each one sees what the other is going to be doing in the Middle East? Would these meetings be taking place if Russia did not have the influence in Syria that it has? How would you describe it? I think all the things you just said are probably true simultaneously that the, you know, I think Putin is somebody who pursues interests. He has designs. He wants to have a permanent presence in Syria. That's why he's building the Air Force Base, the Naval Base, to keep his presence there. Number one, number two, he wants to remain an influential partner, and he is partnering, obviously, with Assad. But the other partner is Iran, and that is what is most disturbing. It's not the ISIS buildup, it's Hezbollah buildup, and the fact that Iranians and IRGC, other presence, Iran Revolutionary Guard, uh, moving closer to the Golan, more weapons going into Lebanon, mm. even though Israel has eliminated many of those uh, shipments, but we know that Hezbollah in Lebanon has received a lot of equipment. They're still getting funding from Iran. Iran is uh, is acting in a more and more aggressive way, and yet they're partnering with uh, with the Russians in, and in Syria. They're they're building their crescent that goes through Iraq and through Syria to the to Lebanon to the Mediterranean. Uh, so they're looking for a permanent presence. And for me, it's hard to separate the two. That if you are partnering with them, and if you're going to ensure, and I think Netanyahu went there to try to make sure that Iran is not allowed a permanent presence, that um, Nikki Haley, in fact, called for yesterday the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. for the Iranians to get out or other uh, to get out uh, once there is a deal in Syria. But the the um, the Russians, as as you see, that in in many places they're becoming more aggressive. They want to build a base in Libya. He he uh, has a vision of of extending the influence and in Russia's footprint, both in the Middle East and in broader terms. It's also a strike against the West. It's and remembering that he did all of this on a shoestring economy. That he he, he has about thirty six planes in. Syria. That's it. We have hundreds of them. We spend billions. He spent a fraction of it, and he is he is doing it in other areas as well, trying to fill voids of that the U.S. Uh, left, making uh, deals with whoever will 
sign up with him and who, who, whoever pursues the direction that serves the interest that he has, has identified. So I think Netanyahu was there to put down some markers about continued coordination and cooperation to avoid friendly fire in Syria, number one. Number two, about the rules that Israel, the, the minimal demands that Israel has to make about the transfer of weapons, and to to talk about that if there is a peace deal, that that the Golan is not part of any negotiations. Malcolm, if someone asked you if Israel and Russia, uh, Netanyahu and Putin, now have common goals, common aims in the Middle East, you would say more yes than no? Well, it depends what day, but I would say <laughs> that they do have, uh, they, they did say that they had some common understandings about things, but I think that it, it shifts all the time. You know, we, we have common interests with Egypt, but uh, Egypt now is flirting with Iran because their big threat is the Sunni extremists, and so they're looking to build coalitions with them as opposed to with Saudi Arabia and others um, at, at a cost, perhaps, of that relationship. So everybody has shifting interests, and... The, you know, every country has interests that they pursue in in uh, in different ways to to enhance their position or whatever. We see how Iran force ships off course. We see Iran, you know, firing a ballistic missile. Uh, so much more that they're doing that is super aggressive and and directly or or with their their proxies. We see how they've heated up the situation with the Houthis and at the Straits of uh, Baba Mandab which we warned about for many, many years here. So, the, uh, you know, the, there is no straight course for any country or any alliance in the Middle East or perhaps anywhere in the world today. And Russia looks to exploit opportunities. It's looking to, to make gains. Iran, for instance, is now forcing its way more and more into African countries. And, and there are reports from Nigeria and Mali and, and Mauritania, Burkina Faso, and other places, um, as well as even in China and uh, across the globe. And they will do that as long as they're allowed to. And if they have, it serves their purpose to have a good relationship with with Russia, they will do that, even if ideologically they could be in opposite poles. When the United States sends troops, in this case Marines, to Syria, specifically to fight ISIS and to essentially stay out of other battles? Right now, today, uh, ISIS has been declared the primary target and purpose for it. Uh, I think Hezbollah poses as great a problem, and, and now with uh, Michel Aoun as president of Lebanon, and, 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 and he is in league with Hezbollah, Hezbollah is now part of the, of the Iranian government, of the Lebanese government, and, and Iran's presence there, uh, that, that the, um, uh, we see a shift in, in the power and, and what is happening in terms of Hezbollah becoming more of a threat, and they have thousands of troops. They've suffered the loss of thousands of troops, maybe 2,000 more or more in Syria. So ISIS is increasingly being forced out of Raqqa, which was their capital. They've moved to other cities in Iraq and Syria. Some of them have gone back home to their native lands, especially in Europe, and this poses a huge threat, as we've warned for many, many years that this would happen. And the uh, so U.S. targeting ISIS is important. We want to see ISIS defeated. But not the question is, who will fill the void? Right. And that's why Netanyahu is also in Russia. Wow. 
Uh, so much to think about. It's unbelievable. There's, a, there's an election coming up in a couple of months in Iran. Does that matter? Sure, it matters. And, and uh, you know, the, the, there's no certainty about succession and what will happen. And we know there's a lot of dissent. And unfortunately, the, 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 the centers in Iran get no support from the West. I hope that this administration will, will do more and help them. Uh, and provide assistance uh, to them, because I think that's really the way to make a change there. Uh, there's also an election coming up in, in uh, Turkey, and not because they care so much about the voters. You know, there are 3 million Turks in Germany. That's why Erdogan was there campaigning and, the, and asserting the Turkish uh, presence and even going against the government of, of Merkel, who was critical of, of some of the things that he did in his presence. <laughs> but... You know, this is part of the change, the shift in Europe. The second biggest voting district in, in the Turkish election is Germany. Wow. There's three million people, uh, Turks, who, who live there, and they can vote from outside. So, and they're building mosques, and he has aggressive campaign of building mosques in Europe. This is Turkey, not Iran. Iran also. But you see how aggressive everybody is. They're trying to stake their... their cards down and and whatever they can grab they grab and they the the one thing that is an asset is that the new administration at least is seen as tougher one of the iranian officials said this yesterday and certainly less predictable and uh, a lack of predictability is an asset in these cases if they believe that the administration could really act and, and will really act that's an important asset the campaign in iran is hinged on the changes um, and the, the the change and or the stagnation of the economy in Iran in light of the Iran nuclear deal with the U.S. and other powers, correct? That's, that's a big topic, a big uh, campaign topic right now. The economy is a big issue, and because the money that came in uh, mostly went uh, first and foremost to IGC and the Supreme Leader who control about 30 to 40 percent of the economy. It did not benefit the people. They went to Hezbollah, it went to supporting their terrorist activities, it went to Iran's terrorist activities, it went to support their export of weapons, development of weapons, um, and the people feel the, the are suffering under the yoke of this economic uh, distress. And yesterday Khamenei spoke about it and critic, was critical of Rouhani, uh, essentially saying to me, I've got to get to energy, to, to economic independence, and you're not doing enough, etc. Right. So, yes, it's a very sensitive uh, subject for them. Uh, and while election outcomes can be somewhat controlled there, maybe not somewhat, they, um, the fact is that they are concerned about about what the public reaction is. Wow. Um, the Daily Alert, your Daily Alert, just came across our desk now for today, and it says that... Uh, uh, John Miller, has, uh, head of police intelligence at the NYPD, is indicating that one person might be responsible for all of these bomb threats. And, and when he means all, he's not just referring to the one arrest that was made and the variety of ones he was responsible for. I'm assuming he means all collectively, right, that, that everything we're seeing now, even today, could be the responsibility of one person. One or two, uh, when I asked the commissioner about this yesterday, uh, he indicated, and, and while they don't know, who yet who did it uh, the indication is that that there it, it's not necessarily multiple people it doesn't take much to get online and get the phone numbers for jccs or other i know but it, but it, it seems to us that it does calls. take much not to be found not to be traced i mean 
You know, so that's that is the big question, and it's an unfair criticism, I think, of the FBI saying, "Well, why don't they have the technology, et cetera?" Because as much as their technology improves, so do the guys who carry this out. It doesn't take much to to hide the identity. Eventually, they'll catch him. You'll they'll find him. They caught this guy. This one guy, but he right. he was signing off on the things he was doing. So it was a little hard not to. Find them, uh, but uh, <laughs> that's true. Uh, you know, he, <laughs> he gave, gave himself he gave, up. He gave the name of his girlfriend and blamed <laughs> her and of his former girlfriend. Uh, so I think that the the um, the likelihood is that they have some information. I, I was told by another source that it was a foreign. It's likely to be be a foreign origin, which again we have no not heard any confirmation of, but it came from a very reliable law enforcement source. Wow. So we'll have to see. I mean, they are working on it. I think the resources are being applied to it. Um, and we, we have to remember about the infrastructure. You know, there's a trial going on in Brooklyn, and nobody, almost nobody pays any attention to the trial of Ibrahim Suleiman Adnan Aden, who who was responsible for the uh, uh, killing Two, two U.S. servicemen in Afghanistan, and I think a plot to blow up the U.S. embassy in Nigeria or, or other things. Uh, and it, it, a trial going on there of this importance, and nobody's, nobody covers it from what I can see. All right. Well, not surprising that the, uh, the press uh, avoids certain stories. Um, the President of the United States will speak for the first time to Mahmoud Abbas. I didn't even realize that they had not spoken since the election, or since the inauguration, I should say. Uh, and the, Nikki Haley, uh, U.S. envoy to the U.N., of course, is calling for direct negotiations between Israel and the PA, uh, indicating that the U.N. should not be counted on to intervene or to uh, negotiate any type of deal. I, I would guess, and, and I don't think people realize how different, I, how I believe, uh, how different this is from the previous White House, because, you know, one of the things Israel has always said, always indicated, and the Prime Minister has said in many speeches, there should be direct negotiations, and he welcomes them at any time. He's continuously, you know, inviting Abbas to, to the negotiating table. And uh, I think if uh, if the American officials, White House and UN, and beyond, can eliminate the need for other countries, or an EU, or a, uh, uh, what do they call the four? What do they call the... Uh, I can't think of it. The quartet. The quartet. Thank you. The quartet. Yeah, that was a hard one. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Or, hey, it's the end of the week. Uh, The quartet or, you know, or any other party. I I think that's real progress, frankly. So she she has made many statements, not just that. And we should look at what she said when she finished her meeting with the Palestinian representative when she came out again uh, with a very pro-Israel statement and, and has been critical of them. Uh, uh, this is the first conversation between the president and President Abbas. I don't know if he'll call collect when he calls today, but I, uh, uh, I think this is, uh, and the president has talked about negotiations and he in fact is sending a special envoy, uh, Jason Greenblatt to, to the Middle East, I think next week. And one of his responsibilities was supposed to be negotiations. Uh, so, uh, the, the president has always talked about the art of the deal. That's that is his specialty, and, and may feel that there's an opportunity now, as do many in the Middle East, because of the turmoil, because of the shifting alliances, because of the new relationship with some of the neighbors. That maybe there's an opportunity, and the real test is to see whether the Palestinians are ready to come to the table. 
And the, uh, I'm sure Netanyahu would be, and given all of his internal political problems, he probably welcomed the, uh, uh, that right. kind of a development. Right. I agree. So, so she, she, her statements uh, have been uh, very strong, but she has, again, called for uh, the negotiations. Um, well, there's so many other things, but uh, I want to get to your Purim message. Let me just mention Hamas, the Palestinian Islamist group that has governed the Gaza Strip for a decade. Is dra- this, is according to the New York Times, is drafting a new platform to present a more pragmatic and cooperative face to the world. The document would represent a departure from the group's 1988 charter in which it promised to obliterate Israel and characterize its struggle and speci- as specifically against Jews. The new document defines Hamas's enemies as occupiers. Is this going to show a more pragmatic and cooperative face to the world, Malcolm? I don't know. I think, uh, you know, often these are semantic games that are played. Um, what the substantive things will be demonstrated about what people do when put to the test. Not, you know, when they, uh, I guess it, it is significant if you legislate things that, that indicate a change, but but we see in the behavior that there's no change. That's for sure. And North Korea is anybody doing more missile tests in North Korea, or they just make, or they just sometimes make the headlines and the others don't? Well, the Iranians are still continuing missile testing. The, the uh, North Koreans, because it's particularly sensitive, and because they fire it into economic orders that are uh, declared economic orders of Japan. You know that there are two borders. You have a maritime reach, which is usually 12 miles, and then you have the economic interest, which is really the division between a country and the country on the other side, or the nearest country, and it's a line drawn in the middle, and that's called your economic interests uh, waters, and and um, and so they're firing into the, these waters, and you know that they're, they're threatening, it's provocative, even China coming down pretty tough on them, because uh, it's very destabilizing, and America sent new equipment to, to South Korea, mm. Uh, it, it is not to be dismissed because I don't know that anybody knows what this guy really has in mind, uh, the leader of North Korea. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Purim message as we uh, approach the big holiday. Uh, what should we be keeping in mind about the past while we examine our present and think about our future? Because it's the only way to understand everything that's going on. If you, you know, exceed your limit for... Uh, alcohol consumption, maybe you'll get to understand this world a little better. But there is something that I, I think people for, for, forget when when um, when they they ordered the rebuilding of Yerushalayim during the exile in Babylonia, etc. When they were in Iran under Ahasuerus, who succeeded uh, uh, Darius the Great. Uh, they, <coughs> they offered to to they wanted to see the rebuilding of the Jewish homeland. And he recognized Jerusalem as the capital. This is 586 B.C. The Balfour of his day. Well, yes, but it, it, and it's 2,500 years ago. Yep. And people today who still deny, and here you have, and clear documentation, because we have the text, we know what he said, that he was recognizing Jerusalem as the Jewish capital, let alone the rebuilding of the Jewish homeland, to terms that they used, and yet the world today, and coming up to the 50th anniversary, and I hope everybody is going to be joining in every synagogue, every school, every community will have a celebration and remind children and young people and older people about the privilege we have of having uh, Yerushalayim 
back in our hands. And this is not necessarily the, the core of, of the Megillah, but it struck me as I, I was uh, reading about some of the period at the time and the, and the real developments that went on uh, about what uh, about this message that gets shunted aside. And then the other message, because the clearest message of of the uh, Siantav and is necessary more now than any time I can remember, and that is of Achdus in a Jewish community. We are we are allowing ourselves to be run apart politically and over uh, ideological differences or, or issues that that arise. And while people can legitimately have those differences and should ex- can express them in responsible ways, right now, right now, we need to be united and, and going to government, whether it's to support our institutions, to protect them, to help in tuition, to help on all the other things that, that we need, and to stand with Israel. Because people think that right now, because it's relatively quiet, we didn't even get into some of the challenges that still confront, and especially when you think of the power that Hezbollah has and Hamas's growing power and Iran's extending influence uh, in, in, on both sides of, of Israel, that we really have to lech kenos as We need to gather all of the Jews and stand together. Well said. Have a wonderful Purim. We'll speak, uh, please God, next week. Thank you. Have a good job. There he is. Shabbat Shalom. Uh, there is Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Friday morning, JM in the AM, candle lighting New York at 5.38. Erev Shabbos Zachar, Erev Shabbos Parshas Titzavah. Don't forget, our stream is amazing. Full day today, right after Naomi Nachman and the brand new edition of Table for Two. Uh, you'll have a full day brought to you by our wonderful people at Kedem. Uh, of an Arab Shabbos music mix and a live lunch by Mark Zamek at 12 noon Eastern time. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, we uh, have an amazing um, a Purim uh, network programming, including Saturday Night Siegel tomorrow night with Avrami. And, of course, Matis has an incredible JM Sunday planned for Purim morning starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time. All day long, great Purim music. Just keep our network on Sunday as the background to whatever you're doing. Shalach Manos. Uh, Purim Suda, etc. Just keep it on in your home. Keep it on in your car. Uh, you'll be very happy with the musical selections for Purim Day on this coming Sunday from the Nahum Siegel Network. And don't forget, we're going to be drawing on Monday on Shushan Purim is the big drawing here at JM in the AM. David Cutler is ready. Everybody out there who is uh, who has purchased a ticket for the big raffle, you could win a um, trip or two to Israel, a $500 Visa gift card, a free NCSY summer program, or... $5,000. If you haven't gotten your ticket yet, remember, we're drawing this for NCSY on Shushan Purim this coming Monday. Summer.ncsy.org slash Purim Raffle. Summer.ncsy.org slash Purim Raffle. Make sure you purchase and join us on Monday for the big drawing. And a special Mazel Tov to Devora Most and Ezzy Schoenfeld, a recently engaged couple. A special Mazel Tov to our wonderful friends Linda and Yehuda Avraham Jordan Most. And to the most in Schoenfeld families from all of us here at JM and the AM, Devora and Ezzy are a recently engaged couple. Wonderful news. Glad we could share it. And we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Titzaveh, 
which according to the Chinuch contains seven mitzvos, four positive and three restrictions. And we also have the privilege of taking out a second Sefer Torah for this Shabbos is Parshas Zohar. The Shabbos before Purim, our rabbis instituted that we should fulfill the biblical commandment as found at the end of Parshas Kiseitzei, the end of chapter 25 in the fifth book of the Torah, the last three verses. The truth is, I'd be honored if you bring the Chumash to the table tonight and just review the three psukim so you know exactly what it means. Zohar, the Torah tells us to remember that which Amalek did to you on the way when you left Egypt. Now the word remember one could very well take to mean just to have it in mind. However, the last two words are lo tishkach, don't forget. I don't need both to remember in the positive and lo tishkach to not to forget in the negative. Therefore the rabbis tell us that lo tishkach, the last two words, refers to that which is going on in your heart and in your mind. Zohar, they understand to mean bateh, that you are to articulate. And our rabbis tell us more than just articulate. It is to be done from a Sefer Torah. It is to be done in the presence of a minion. Let's go on to the second verse. Ashekorcha baderech. Rashi gives you three interpretations for that word korcha which the first one is from the word mikra, he chanced upon you and he attacked you for no other reason but because you are God's chosen people. The second interpretation is that of carry or literally uh, impurity that he injected within you, the, the impurity of his culture. And finally, the third one is from kar, he cooled you off meaning that after the splitting of the Red Sea, all the nations of the world were afraid of the Jewish people, having heard of God's deliverance at the Red Sea. And therefore, to what may be compared, says Rashi, to a scalding bathtub, that anybody who comes in would certainly get burnt. But the one who does, the fool, the scoundrel that goes in, cools it off for others, and that's exactly what he did. He paved the way for others to come and attack. So, who chanced upon you, and he attacked you from behind. And who did he attack? All the Necheshalim, all the weak ones, when you were weak and weary, and he, Amalek, did not fear God. If the Torah levies this challenge against him, it shows that he could have, should have, because, as we pointed out, the whole world was aware of God's miraculous deliverance and the splitting of the Red Sea. Therefore, the Torah says, The Hayon it shall be, when God will give you rest from all your enemies about you in the land, which God has given to you as an inheritance, you are to blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under the heavens, and don't forget. Okay, so now, let's a little bit about um, Purim, which is coming up this Saturday night and Sunday, and then a thought about Tetzaveh and Purim. Let's begin by saying that Tanis Esther 
was yesterday. And interestingly, the reason for that is because technically it could have, should have been today. The 14th of um, Adar is this coming Sunday. We can't fast on Shabbos, so they postponed it. They could have made the fast for today, but it shows us how important Erev Shabbos is, and the rabbis did not want to disturb our Erev Shabbos, therefore we fasted yesterday. Now, Emir Tzashem, please God, this coming Saturday night, there is a mitzvah this Saturday night to hear the Megillah. Let me just tell you finally, forgive me one last thing about Pasha Zohar, and that is there's a dispute among the authorities according to the Chinuch. Uh, women are exempt because they do not go to war. The Minchas Chinuch um, seriously challenges the Chinuch, and therefore there are differences of opinion among the authorities whether women are obligated women should make every effort to hear the reading of Parsha Zohar this Shabbos. Okay, as I was saying, let's get back to this Motsoy Shabbos. This Motsoy Shabbos, we have the reading of the Megillah. Now, let me just tell you that the reading of the Megillah, according to the Noda Yehuda, this Saturday night is rabbinic. This Sunday already, it's Midivrei Kabbalah, meaning from the prophets. And so, the answer is, hear it both times. Don't ask which is more important, because the other issue would be, if you can only hear one, which one should you go to? And that's a hard question. Because, you have a chance to do a mitzvah Saturday night, do it. You don't know what's going to be Sunday morning, however, or Sunday during the day. However, I can tell you Sunday during the day is on a higher level than Saturday night. Okay, now, everybody, meaning men, women, and children, the reason why women are included in this mitzvah, even though it's a time-bound positive mitzvah, which normally they are exempt therefrom, is because, says the Talmud in the Gemara, um, <clears throat> Megillah, Davdalit, Afhein Hoyuba Osahanes, they were part of the miracle, meaning that Haman wanted to destroy them, but the commentaries tell us more than that, that namely women, in this case here, Esther, helped bring about the miracle. Interestingly, it's called Megillah's Esther and not Megillah's Mordechai. Why? Listen to this. Mordechai says to Esther, go to the king, and you are to please ask him to save your people. So she has a one-liner, please save my people. You want to be more exact, please save the Jewish people. When she gets to the king, come on, she forgets her line. And what does she say? Uh, uh, maybe the king can, Haman can please come to my party. The second time, no, no, at the party, she forgets her line again. Why? Oh, no, she doesn't forget. Mordechai says, just go straight out. It's called Megillah's Esther, because she had the wisdom, cunning of a woman, 
and knew exactly when the right time to strike would be, when the right time to request this of the king. And indeed, who in that night that she was waiting for the next day, that night was the night the king couldn't sleep. And the rabbis tell us that the king does not only refer to Achashverosh, it refers to the king of kings. God couldn't sleep, and the rest, as we know, is history. So, Esther gets the credit. She brought it about. Women are obligated in the mitzvot of Purim, just like men are. The only slight difference is women are obligated to hear the Megillah, men are obligated, quote, to uh, read the Megillah. More often than not, men are hearing it from others, and they hear the bracha, al-mikra Megillah. If a Megillah is being read just for a woman, it's being said the bracha, the shmoah. Uh, regarding her hearing the Megillah. The law says that we have to hear every word of the Megillah, and therefore, when the Balkore reads the Megillah, we have to hear the word Haman. Some shuls repeat the Haman because children are making noise and don't stop them from making noise. They have to stop so we should be able to hear the rest of the Megillah. But this is an ancient custom by all means. It's good for them, it's good for their souls, it's good for the shuls. Fortunate are the shuls that have children making noise during Haman. You see in front of your eyes, thank God, the continuity from one generation to the next generation. Okay, now, um, as we go on, the idea is that you have to hear every word of the Megillah. If you've not given the Maxis HaShekel yesterday at Mincha time, so you'll do it either, if you're coming home Saturday night, before the Megillah, or else on Sunday you'll give that half shekel, or three half coins, as a zecher, a remembrance of Maxis HaShekel. Before the Megillah is read, three blessings are recited. One, Al-Mikra Megillah, which is the bracha over the mitzvah of reading the Megillah. The second bracha is She'osa Nisim, thanking God for the miracles. Now that's a very important point. The idea is that one could look at the Megillah and say, my goodness, one coincidence after another. But we know that there are no coincidences in these ten chapters of Megillah's Esther. It is the hand of God. And indeed, the Talmud asks, uh, Esther Menatora Minayin, where do you find Esther hinted at in the Torah? And the Talmud tells you in Chulin that we find it where the Torah says, Anochi Hastir Astir Ponai Bayomahu. God says, I will surely conceal my face at that time. Meaning, this is a time when there's no longer prophecy in Israel. And the idea is that we have to migilas ester, we have to reveal that which is hidden, namely we have to see God in the Megillah. And indeed, wherever it says HaMelech HaChashverosh, it refers to him. Wherever it says HaMelech, the king, it refers to both the king HaChashverosh, but more important with a capital K, the king of kings. Okay, finally, regarding the reading of the Megillah, there's the custom that the four Lashonos, for Psukim of Geula of Redemption, Ishihudi, Umorachai Yatsa, 
Ayudim Hoisa Ora and Kimorachai Ayahudi, the last verse, these are recited aloud by the congregation and then repeated by the one reading the Megillah. Okay, now, on Purim Day, there are four mitzvos of the Yom. One is Mishloach Manos. On the day of Purim, every man and woman is obligated to send at least to one person at least two different varieties of food that require no further preparation ready to be eaten as opposed to frozen or that which is raw. Now, let me just tell you, it's certainly nice to send to your friends, but think about it. Your friends are going to be your friends whether you send them or not. Spread the goodwill. Those persons that you don't say good Shabbos to, for whatever the reason, those are the ones that you should be sending Mishloach Manos to. And the Rambam says very, very succinctly, if you have to make a choice between Mishloach Manos or the next mitzvah, Matonos Levyonim, gifts to the poor, now we're obligated on Purim Day to give money to at least two poor persons. How much? Ideally, enough to give them for a su'uda. Now, it doesn't have to be a su'uda at a very expensive restaurant, but figure you want to give them, let's say, a corned beef sandwich. So a corned beef sandwich, let's say, uh, French fries and a can of soda. We're talking about approximately $15. So ideally, you should give to two poor persons $15 each. If you can give more, by all means, do more. Now, the idea is, if you can't, then the money should be designated on Purim and given after Purim to the poor, or given at your shul, your gabai tzedakah, the rabbi would be happy and honored to dispense of these monies for you on Purim. The third mitzvah of the day after the reading of the Megillah for a total of four, but the third mitzvah is out of the Sudas Purim to have a festive meal on Purim and ideally it's to start during the day and certainly to continue by all means into the night. But a good part of the meal should be during the day and you should preferably wash and say Alhanisim in the Birkas Hamazon. Now, everybody is familiar with Chayev Inish Lipsume Bapuria, that one is obligated to drink. This is so important that we get this right. Parents and hosts, make sure you have this very clear. By all means, supervise and that youth and especially teenagers, young adults should not think that the primary day of Purim is God forbid to get drunk. No, not at all. We drink wine. And why wine? Because so much of the Purim story, Achashverosh gets drunk in chapter 1. And Esther brings about the Yeshua through a Mishdayayin. So, so much of the story takes place with wine. Therefore, we too at Purim drink wine. But it has to be done in such a way that when a person imbibes and has wine, he's still going to say, Baruch Mordechai and Arur Haman. If God forbid he's going to say other things, don't let them drink. It goes without saying that God forbid we would assist somebody that's going to be driving. We can't even say it. It's so outrageous. We have to be so careful. But still, 
for the dignity of Yasuda. Purim is a yom tov with a dress, as we'll see in a moment, with special attire for the day. Please be very prudent and be careful to make sure that it's not just an enjoyable, but that it is a safe Purim for all. <clears throat> now, one quick thought regarding the parsha and tying it in with Purim. Interestingly, if clothes do not make the man, they certainly reinforce the man. And so a policeman who puts on his uniform, consciously or not, is reminding himself of his uh, responsibility and commitment to others. And this is one of those we had at first, namely in this week's parasha, we're told that special garments were made for the Kohanim, the Kavod Ulisiferis, for honor and splendor. Now, what does that mean, honor and splendor? The way the Chinuch understands it in Mitzvah 99 is that it's honor for God and splendor for the base Hamigdash. However, I'd like to suggest that these garments bring out the honor and the splendor of the Kohanim. The Eben Ezra says, the Kavod Ulusif Eres, Sheyisparu Bahem. And interestingly, the Gemara in Zavachim. Yud Zayin Amidbeis says very sharply, Bizman Shibigdeim Aleyhem, while they're wearing their special garments, Kuhunasam Aleyhem, then they're literally, their Kuhuna is upon them, their responsibility and ability to serve is upon them. And without their garments, they're like a czar, like a non Kohen, and their service would be invalidated. The same is true regarding Big Day Shabbos and Yom Tov. The Gemara in Shabbos, Kufyud Gimel, teaches that we are to wear different, better clothes on Shabbos. And if you can, say our rabbis, different, better clothes on Yom Tov. Now regarding Purim, what do we find? Something very, very interesting. There's an old minog to masquerade on costumes on Purim. We don't find this with any other holiday. What's the reason? So the Bnei Yisachar in his Mamore Chodesh Adar, Mamar Tes, suggests the following reason. The Gemara in Megillah 12a teaches that the Jewish nation were guilty of the, God forbid, annihilation, because they bowed down to the image, the bust of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babel. However, says the Talmud, they only sinned on the surface. They pretended, they feigned adherence to the idol, but their heart remained loyal to Hashem. So therefore, Hashem acted midah keneged midah, a measure for a measure, and the threat of Haman to God forbid destroy the Jewish people was also only on the surface to get the people to do tshuva. But the main idea is that we should remind ourselves that the pneumios, that which is inside the individual, this should have the domination over the chitsonios, over that which is the outer. 
So Purim is the day of Anafochu, literally a topsy-turvy day. And what appears on the surface was not genuine. The Talmud, once again in Megillah 12a, teaches that King Achashverosh, to celebrate that the Jews would not be rebuilding the temple, nor returning to their land, he put on the big day kahuna to mock the Jews, saying you wouldn't need these garments anymore. Now the Jew relives his past. We don't only remember it. It's not enough to remind ourselves that those who left Egypt ate matzah, we eat matzah. We remain awake all night of Shavuos, anxiously awaiting our receiving the Torah. And we reside in Sukkos. And therefore, it's thus most appropriate that we, listen carefully, masquerade on Purim, laughing at the next one, mocking the outer trappings and behavior of the individual, thereby reminding ourselves that the pnimios, the inner core, the commitment, namely the image of God and the true character, is what saved the Jewish nation at Purim, and reminding us that that is to be our true perspective and identity all year long. Wishing Nachum and his family and all our listeners and friends a happy and safe Purim. Shabbat Shalom to all. Ben
Seven years you and Sam were partners. How this? Brothers! And after all that time, you split. What happened? No choice. There was no way out. It was kismet. <laughs> Tell me something. Would you stay partners with a man who stole from petty cash? Took postage stamps home from poison or mail? Gambled corporation funds at the racetrack? And to top it off, took cash from the company safe? Would you want a partnership with such a man? Never. Well, neither did he. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, we're getting closer to Purim Friday morning. J.M. and the A.M. on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Tetzave, Erev Shabbos Zachar. Uh, a lot of people heading to shul tomorrow in New York area. We got a low of 20 tonight, 31 the high for tomorrow. And it is snowing here. I didn't even realize it is really snowing here. In New York City. I saw listener Schwiger on the app saying a boker toe from snowy Staten Island. And it got my attention. It is really snowing out there. Um, the Sephardic Kalbach Minion is uh, happening at 511 Avenue R in Brooklyn tonight at 545. 511 Avenue R in Brooklyn at 545 tonight. Keep that in mind for this evening. The Sephardic Kalbach Minion. I want to again wish happy birthday to all the birthday people on March the 10th. And some of them on March the 10th and the 12th of Adar. How do you like that? Like Chava Siegel, happy birthday. And Yosef Siegel, happy birthday. And Yoshua Siegel, happy birthday. Dr. Mark gets a happy birthday today. Uh, Yeshiva University basketball legend Shelby Rosenberg, who gets a Mazel Tov on his wedding to Danielle this past Sunday. He gets a happy birthday message today as well. So happy birthday to all those who are celebrating birthdays from all of us here at the JM in the AM. Oh, yes. What a great birthday wishes going on. Mazel Tov going out to the Most and Schoenfeld families. Devorah Most, Ezzy Schoenfeld, a recently engaged couple, 
Mazel tov to our dear friends Linda and Yehuda Avraham Jordan Most, and of course to the Most and Schoenfeld families from all of us here at uh, JM and the AM. That is a wonderful piece of news, and we say Mazel tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Reminder, this coming Monday, we're going to be drawing the winner of the um, NCSY raffle, the NCSY raffle, where you could win a... Uh, a trip for two to Israel, a free NCSY summer program, a Visa gift card, uh, $5,000 in cash, all of those things uh, you could win. But in order to be in it for this coming Monday's drawing here at JM and the AM, you got to be in it. Go to summer.ncsy.org slash Purim Raffle. Summer.ncsy.org slash Purim Raffle. Reminder, tomorrow night, Mordechai Shapiro at the Purim Chagiga. For Hechel HaTorah, that's happening on Sterling Place in Teaneck, New Jersey. Zusha was here earlier in the week. They're at the Bowery Ballroom tomorrow night. They'll get on stage about 10. They're going to read Megillah at 8.30 there tomorrow night at the Bowery Ballroom. Chabad of Canarsi and the Starrett City has contacted us. They are doing a... Uh, they are doing a... Um, an event this coming... Sunday, Young Israel of Canarsie, starting at 5.30, a big Purim feast, Chabad of Canarsie in Starrett City. Check that out. Uh, Purim in the Palace is happening at the Center for Jewish Life on Route 79 North in Marlboro, New Jersey. You can celebrate the Royal Purim Feast, Megillah reading, and plenty more. So much going on, it's unbelievable. Uh, trying to see what else I have to remind everybody about. Don't forget, uh, we have an incredible network of uh, great Purim music all day Sunday. A great network of Purim music all day Sunday. We are following JM and the AM this morning. We are following JM and the AM this morning with Table for Two, a brand new edition with Naomi Nachman featuring Dini Klein of Dini Delivers, Esther Katz, Director of Camp Shoshanim, and Johnny Schlagbaum, Assistant Director of Camp Nesha. They're all going to be Naomi's guests coming up. Mark Zamek has a live lunch today presented by Kedem. We have an incredible Arab Shabbos music mix presented by Kedem. Sunday, Matis is going to get us off to an amazing start on Purim with JM Sunday. That's going to be happening with Matis starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Then all day long, an incredible Purim mix of music on Sunday. Just keep it on all day as you celebrate Purim. Monday, we're here on Shushan Purim with the NCSY drawing. And Tuesday... We're going to be doing a live lunch live from Lakewood, New Jersey. All those details on Monday right here at JM and the AM. The sun is going down. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by. Become a memory. So throw away your hammer. There's nothing left. Say good job Cause all your work is done Gonna spend the day Together with The Holy One Say special blessing On a cup That's filled with wine Man and his creator It's a very special sign Candles will be burning, they'll fill your home with light, singing songs of Shabbos. 
Sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listen to sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSegal.com, on the NahumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. By the way, it's official now on Saturday night. For us, it'll be Saturday night. For uh, the Israel baseball team, it'll be Sunday, Purim at noon. Uh, Saturday night at uh, 10 p.m. Tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Israel versus Cuba. How do you like that? Israel versus Cuba in the next game of the World Baseball Classic. Hatzlacharabah to Team Israel. I'll be proudly wearing the Team Israel jersey on uh, Purim, and I am thinking back to the great honor I had of throwing out the first pitch back in September at their qualifying game in Brooklyn. Look how far they've made it, everybody. The 3-0 and next game against Cuba in round number two tomorrow night, 10 p.m., Eastern Time. Have a wonderful Shabbat Zachar, everybody. A phenomenal Purim. Enjoy Purim. Enjoy our incredible network all Purim long. We will keep a, a wonderful Purim soundtrack behind you all through the day. And Monday morning, Shushan Purim. I am back right here at JM in the AM. Have a uh, wonderful Shabbos. Great Purim. Great weekend. Until next time, Malcolm Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.